going to take out a few minutes to do something a little different tonight. I turn to Colossians chapter 1. <clears throat> I need eight readers, eight readers, if you would uh, volunteer and read. Do you have any microphones available? Because I think what I'll do, use this stand so that you can hold your, your Bible while you read without having to hold a mic. Stand up if you volunteer to be a reader. Knee eight. One, two, three. One, two, three, four, five. We'll take who we can. Six. Okay. Six will work. <clears throat> All right. Um, we need the first two volunteers to come forward. We need two. We have two. All right. And yeah, we're still going to stand. No, oh, those who volunteer, you can, you can sit down. Just be ready when you come forward. I'm going to put this in so you won't have to hold it. We're in Colossians chapter 1. <clears throat> now, um, right after she finishes, the next reader will come up and read. And here's what we're going to do. It takes about 10 to 12 minutes to read through Colossians. We're going to read through Colossians tonight. And we're going to do that so that we can get a sense for the whole entire reading. This is something I do as I prepare and as I continue um, it's easier with Colossians because that only takes 10 minutes. When I was reading um, through Ecclesiastes, that took about 25 minutes, so, so it's not that long. Uh, but I would try and read through it um, maybe a month or so each day and, and just, just kind of keep reading through it. And as you read and read through it, it just becomes, you know, it, it just begins to stick. And you begin to see some things that you would not normally see if you just looked at one little section. What you see is the connection, and you see the, uh, the, the journey that God wants us to do. So here's what we're going to do. Um, I want to time it, and we're going to read. So we have four chapters, two readers per chapter. You can drop off halfway through or wherever you want. When you drop off, the next person will come up and just continue in that. If you get to, there are some words that, names that are a little, little difficult, and that's okay. It's hard for me to say Tychicus and Epaphras, and those aren't like James and Robert to us, but that's okay. They're not here. They won't be offended if you don't say their name right, okay? <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead with the reading. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints, and grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father for, of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all, spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in the manner in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work 
and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on, heaven or in he um, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you, to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy, that he powerfully works within me. I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Lacedonia and for all who have not seen me face to face that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery which is Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge I say this in order that no one may be maybe is it delude in you with plausible arguments for though I am absent in body yet I am with you in spirit rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ therefore as you received Christ the Lord so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental, elemental spirits of the, of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with and circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith 
and the powerful working of God who has raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiveness of all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together, though it through its joints and ligaments grows with the growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immortality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Seek that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassion, hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience bearing with one another, and if one has complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has given you, so you also must forgive. Uh, 
above all these put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that also that you also have a master in heaven. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how, to, how you ought to answer each person. Tychicus will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you. They will tell you of everything that has taken place here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instruction, if he comes to you, welcome him, and Jesus, who is called Justice. These are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. Epaphras, which is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and in Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you, as does Demas. Give my greetings to my brothers at Laodicea and at Nympha and the church in her house. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans. And see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. And say to Ar Archippus, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Anybody time that? I think that's about 13 minutes or so. Yeah. And it takes us time and we're reading at a, at a very comfortable pace. You tend to read faster. And you read by yourself, and you don't have to enunciate each word. Um, but it's a good practice to read out loud. In fact, um, 
It's one of the things I, I try to practice if I'm at home by myself, in my office by myself, it's easier to do, to read aloud because it forces your mind to slow down a little bit and to, to think about the words that, that are saying. Also, I find for me that um, it, it keeps me from, it keeps my mind from wandering. When I read silently, it's easy for my mind to just go somewhere else. You read a, you know, you read a paragraph or two, and you go, what did I just read? Um, but when I read it out loud, my mind can still wander, but it wanders less. It keeps on track a little better. So um, it's, you know, uh, the Word of God, Paul, uh, uh, in a couple of his letters, recommended the reading of God's Word. And what you just witnessed tonight probably happened at uh, those churches in Ephesus. Paul said, read the letter from Ephesus and make sure that they read the other one from the other church. So they probably did just like we did, except they didn't have cordless mics, you know. Um, they had the same thing. A person would go through and read. Uh, maybe one person, maybe several people read sections of the letter. So um, he, he says give attention to the reading of God, to the public reading of God's word. So it's a practice that we ought to continue to do. Um, it's a good practice. In my studies, um, I try to read a complete section. If, if you're, if you're going to study God's word, whether for teaching or just your own edification, it's good to do that. Whatever section you are tying together as a unit, if you are teaching um, a series through a book, for instance, you're teaching Ruth, read the four chapters of Ruth together, connected. Don't even make um, chapter separations when you read. I'll just read right through. And uh, my recommendation is that you read that several times that way. One, one recommend, recommendation I had when, when I was in school is to to sit and read once through as often as you can in one sitting. So like if you have, if you have an hour to read, <coughs> you can read Colossians through, you know, six, seven, eight times in that hour and, and read it as, as often as you can. And if you have a longer section, um, I, I was talking about Ecclesiastes because that's the, that's the basis for the couple's uh, retreat that I taught was based in Ecclesiastes. So I would read that section through. Um, now, some sections are not easy to do. You, you can't do the Psalms like that um, unless you're an excellent reader and you can read, you can speed read. Um, just Psalm 119 by itself is, is, a, is, a, is a chore, 172 verses, I think. So, um, but it, it's a good practice. Um, for instance, reading Genesis, one of the longest, to read something like that, or Isaiah, one of those long portions, it's, it's hard to, to read through a whole thing. Um, but it would help you get the flow of all that's, that's being said. One of the reasons why we teach um, in series the way we do is it's easy for us to take a verse here and a verse there and they become our favorite verses, um, but we can lose the context of the whole flow. Um, I kind of mentioned that in Proverbs. I heard a song this morning. Um, it was called, We Fall Down, But We Get Up. We Fall Down, But We Get Up. And it almost gave the sense that that's a regular Christian experience, that we just keep falling down and we just keep getting up. And you look at the, uh, at the text that that's based on. Remember, we looked in Proverbs. Um, I'll have to find that verse. Is it? 
24:17 or somewhere in there. Um, it's saying a, a wise man falls, you know, seven times, but he gets up. But the context of that is he's falling because somebody is tripping him. Um, so, somebody's doing stuff to him. Uh, it's not just falling in sin. It means he's been mistreated. And each time he gets up from, from that, so it doesn't break him. It doesn't, it doesn't tear him down. So that's different than this concept of I expect believers to just keep on falling and keep on falling and keep on falling. We know that we're not perfect and, 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 and we, we, uh, we sin uh, and, and we need to repent and turn from sin. But the idea that that's a regular pattern in a healthy Christian's life is a dangerous idea. And, and, and it's something like, oh, well, I fail, I get back up, I fail, I get back up. That's not the pattern that God wants us to be focused and see, thinking on. So my point was, as we read through Scripture, uh, as Scripture was meant to be read through, it helps us see the whole of Scripture and the connectedness. You ever read Luke and then read Acts? You go, wow. Luke is Acts 1 and Acts is Luke 2. And they are connected. And look at the intros to both of them. And you say, wow, it's, it's, it's very clear that the same writer continued his same thought as he wrote Luke 2, which is Acts. And, and as you read through them, that, that kind of jumps out at you. Also, as you read through an entire section, I was, I was reading through, getting in preparation for Colossians, I was reading through portions of Acts. And you... you it, it jumps out to you that Luke wrote Acts and, and his commentary on it as he goes, what we call those we passages and then the I passages. Um, he's right with Paul and he's sharing what, what he, he, he witnessed. And so you, you do get a sense. Another thing from reading through the whole thing, it's, especially in Colossians, isn't it easy that the first chapter to me is a very difficult chapter because Paul, Paul's train of thought, he has a strong mind, but he, he gets off on one point, and he elaborates on that whole point, and then gets back to his main point, and you get lost in that. You know what I mean? Let me give you an example. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 3. He says, we always thank God, the Father. And he goes into this other thing. His main thing is, we thank God for you, or we pray for you. And he starts to list all these things that come up as he starts thinking about prayer. And he connects that, he, he, he connects it, um, verse 11. May you be strengthened with all power. That's the continuing of his prayer. All right? Um, so look at verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you've heard before in the word, the truth, the gospel, which, speaking of the gospel, which has come to you as indeed the whole world is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our, our beloved. He brings up Epaphras. He's talking about the gospel and how it works in your life. And, and then he says in verse 9, and so, you ever hear people talk like that? And so, he's connecting back to what he first started talking about, about praying and thanking God for them. And so, from the day we heard, we've not ceased to pray for you. 
So he gets caught up in, in his, his speech. And when you're reading that, you're going, huh, huh, huh? What, what, what are you really talking about? And so to read the whole thing, sometimes you just kind of read through it, even if you're not catching all the thought. And then you get to this other part in verse 9, you go, oh, okay. And now I see what he's trying to say. He's got a lot, I call them parentheses. He's got a lot of parentheses in his thought. Like he started with this main thought, but then by the way, I need to tell you this. And that reminded me to say this, and I said this little bit about this. And then he gets back to his main thought. So by fighting through and reading a whole section, you can fight through that and see where his main thought is leading. And, and that's basically what he's saying, um, verses 3 all the way through 14. And then as he's speaking about that, he's, he's stuck on Christ and who he is. And he begins to say all of these things about Christ, chapters 1 and 2. It's just filled with who Christ is, what he's done, and what we have in him. And so as we preach through that, we'll kind of catch some of those things. But here's the hard thing about preaching in a series. Colossians is so full that I may preach a sermon on three or four verses. And that almost does the opposite of what I want it to do. It focuses and it pulls out all the truth out of those three or four verses. But it cuts it up so that you don't always see how that section of verses is connected to everything else. I'm going to try to fight through that, not, not do that too much try to keep the flow of the thought so um, but but the way that you're going to get the flow of that thought is to do your reading and 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 to 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 keep that flow yourself so I wanted to do that exercise today and and to kind of work through that and take some time out to do that I'm going to spend the next five minutes or so as we close um, to talk about now what we'd like to see come out of of this study predict uh, 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 specifically um, some of the things I challenged us this summer. We want to see um, God's word go out. We looked at chapter uh, 1 verse 24 through 29 this morning and said here's Paul's mission. He was concerned with the word of God being made fully known and um, being being spoken to, to people and it had that effect of bringing them to salvation and um, to growth and maturity. And so we want to see that happen in our church. When I listened to Nick's announcements this morning, I thought about all the things he laid out the summer for us and all the way into September and October. And you should be thinking, what parts of those um, and how much of that can I be involved in? And what do I want to see God be a part of? Um, this weekend, we had the first meeting of our youth with um, Mac and Jackie uh, taking the lead in that and several others helping out in those areas. So we had, I think, 31 people there yesterday at their home. We're going to try to do that once a month. That's targeted for that um, um, 11 to 17-year-old group. Um, that's a group that's missing in our church. Um, and that's the group that will be missing un uh, unless we do something like this to go get them. Um, so I want you to be in prayer for that. But that's, that's their baby, and they took that on in Target. We can help out in that where we can. Some need to, to head things up. Some need to, to just um, be there to help or, or in some small area or some big area. Um, and then there's other areas that, that we want to help in. So let's just mention a few of those so you can be praying for those. 
um, this Saturday, got Milwaukee Rescue Mission. Uh, just like Nick did in announcements, we've got, um, um, we have the, the boys camp, we have the jump rope camp, we have um, the picnic, uh, we have the men's breakfast fellowship coming up, uh, we have the play coming up, um, and then uh, just announcements in terms of the, the fall conference. Did I miss anything? Yes, towards the uh, um, end of uh, early August and September, the Garden Harvest Ministry. And so those are some of the ac summer activities. Would you pray for those? Would you um, make a commitment to what you can in those? So I want you to do three things. Pray for them, make a commitment, and then pray and challenge for somebody else uh, to connect in those areas, in one of those areas. Um, so, um, I talked to our leadership team. We want to we want to challenge people. Um, usually, we have the faithful few that's doing most of the things, and that that's going to be the case. The twenty percent doing the eighty percent of the work, but there's that eighty percent of the people that we want to go after and and get them plugged into some of those things. So, pray for one, and then go and challenge and 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 seek to connect them in that area that they can be connected in, all right? So pray for ministry, commit yourself to ministry, and go after somebody to partner and get them connected in one of those ministries. Can you do that? All right. Any comments, challenges as we come to end tonight? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for um, your word. We thank you for the work that you have laid out for us to do this summer. Um, we want to include e evangelism in there and how we can be involved in that. And we want to pray that this be a fruitful summer. We want to pray that uh, your word will go out through us as a people, as a ministry, and that you would save such as should be saved and you would cause those who are saved to grow in you so that they get connected and committed um, to your mission. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, before we dismiss, can I just mention um, just one thing? Um, not all of you know, but several of you know uh, Kennedy Dick um, in South Africa.